Welcome to the Must Love Self podcast. My name is Carly Israel and I am your host. What is Must Love Self all about? It's about our bodies, our worth, and our voices. It is a movement, an attitude, it is a decision, it is a project, it is a journey, it is a life choice. Every week I get to interview a brave woman who may not be perfect, but is on the path and is willing to share their ugly and their beautiful. I am so excited today to have Jennifer Hansen. Hello, Jennifer. Hello, Carly. I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm, I, I was just, we were just gabbing away and we probably could talk for hours. Jennifer is the sister of one of my dearest friends who I've known for 20 years. And just like your sister, you're infectious with your energy, full of light, brilliant, fast-paced, nonstop. And when you <laughs> wrote about yourself, you said you're an advocate for your children and that your eldest daughter has a rare genetic disorder. And we, that's what we were talking about because as women, we find ourselves in a position where we're going to be the, most likely the main caregiver for children. Yes. And the truth is I wouldn't have it any other way. Like want to be out there advocating, like. I'm not going to leave it to somebody else. Right. This isn't something that you can like hire someone else to do. You know that you're going to be the best advocate for your child. You know your child the best. You're going to fight for them, you know, in a way that I think, you know, I can't imagine anyone else but me doing. And I'm sure you feel exactly the same. So we bond on many, many levels. And I actually think that the word advocate and advocacy is really going to take us through this must love self episode because. I think that that one of the things I want to do with this movement is I want us to start advocating for ourselves. Mm -hmm. I want us to start as women to start saying, you know what? I'm sick of feeling this way. I'm sick of living this way. I want to change this. You know, we're both at this age where we're looking at the second half of our lives and I feel time ticking. Yes. Weirdly. All of a sudden. All of a sudden. My first question is, why did you say yes? So I said yes, because I think that this is a really important concept and topic to talk about. This is something that all women and every, or at least every woman I know has thought about, you know, body image, the self-worth value, like how does one view themselves? How do you think about how other people view you? How do you view other people? And I do think that especially whether it's societal as well as, you know, there's a whole nature versus nurture. But I do think it's mainly societal. There's a lot of pressure that is self-imposed and that is felt, I think, by women. And processing that and getting through that in a healthy way is really important. You know what I want to ask you? Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about the women in your life. But before we get there, I have a few other questions. But I just did my interview with my mother. And I'm going to be doing my interview with my grandmother. Because like I said, I think it's important to understand where we came from. Mm -hmm. My mom shared that my grandmother put her on like air quote diet at 11. Um, my mother never put me on a diet, but I watched her live her life on a diet. And so we both got to see these experiences, one where they were directly told, not passively, you need to do something. Then my mom's was indirectly, I watched it and both of us walked away hating our body. That tells me as a mother, I need to not only be careful about what I'm saying or not saying to my kids, but how I'm treating myself. 100%. 
I completely agree because children really soak up everything and they're filtering it through their own little kid lens as well. But you can say whatever you want, but they're watching you as have well. You ever, so you have two daughters. Have you ever seen any of your daughters be aware of their bodies yet? You know, just recently, actually, my five-year-old, and I'm not exactly sure where this is coming from because I have actually, I've made a very conscious effort. First of all, there's no like clean plate club. And because they're kids, they're little kids. I mean, Sarah is 11 and Myra is, is five, but I'm the grocery shopper. Like I am the provider. I always keep the house stocked with you know, fairly healthy foods. I, there's nothing verboten, you know, there's nothing like that's forbidden, but I don't like buy soda to keep in the house. We're at a birthday party, whatever. That's fine. I, we're out to, to dinner. I don't really care. And I, I don't say anything about it. But there's no like clean plate club. There's no, um, you have to eat this before you have this. It's kind of like, you know, when your body tells you you're full, then, you know, you're full. That's cool. Yeah, that's fine. But I've tried to make a real effort to, to, you know, have proper meals and sit down together and do all those things. However, even with that aside, there, especially this year, probably maybe because there's been much more screen time than I ever thought was. <laughs> than any of us thought, trust me, than any of us. My five-year-old recently was, has started to, she's like, I'm sucking in my belly. I'm like, what, why are you doing that? She's like, because it's round. I'm like, well, that's, you know, I'm like, your belly is perfect. Like you're Did a little part of your heart just crackle when you it, heard her say it, because it it's round battered. Cause then she, she proceeded to say, I don't like that. I have a round belly. And I said, but you're five and this is what you look like when you're five. And you know, this is how kids grow. You, you know, you're fueling your body, you're running around, you're growing taller, you know, you need Where do you food. Think she got it from. It's very hard to say I, she's watching thanks to some um, other parental influences on YouTube. And so there could be some of that. She's in a new school, but it's a very sweet little private school. But you I, never know what anyone's saying. Oh, what's going on? I mean, I've never heard this from her before. She's always been incredibly confident and outgoing. Just think about it. If she's next to another little girl whose mother is not aware of what she's saying and talks about, what her belly looks like, a five-year-old. I mean, five I years old. So that picture I posted to myself, I was about three or four in my gold bikini. Wait, and I, had, I love that picture. I had a one pack, my big round stomach. And I did, that was the only time in my life I've ever loved my stomach. And I was like, yeah, world. And I am so sad that your daughter doesn't want her belly to be round right now. It broke my heart. And she said it a couple of times. And like, you know, we, I've... It, like we've talked I'm like well why don't you like your belly you know I've asked her like what do you think about that you know and I um I'm not a dieter I never I you know I think I did the the last diet I did was like Atkins like 20 years ago and then my I was at the gym and I was having a difficult time working out and my the guy that was training me was said you know you actually do need carbs because you right. can't work out yeah <laughs> so. all those lies that they told us See, I love that you shared that with us. And that was so beautiful because I want to keep that like right in front of me to remember that your five-year-old, not from you, from our world, doesn't like the way her belly looks. It's so awful. It's like, she is the kindest, most caring, lovable, like full of life. Joie that literally de makes me feel teary. No, I mean, I was like, I almost, I was, like, I was shocked actually. I like, it blew me away. And I, you know, 
I mean, she's, she said it a couple of times and I've tried, you know, done my best to scaffold her and help her understand that she looks great. Like she looks the way she does. And that's like the way she looks, however she looks is perfect. Like she's her. There's only, I'm like, or, you know, she likes um, her like big thing is she wants like things that are rare. Like, is it a rare, you know, Hatchimal? Is it a rare? (laughs) And name is rare, you know, because I already met it's her name. She's named after my great, my grandmother. And, um, you know, and I'm like, there's only one of you, you're rare. And it's like, you're perfect. As is right. (laughs) That's really what it's about. Thank you for sharing that. Um, one thing that I think is important is that we stop pretending that our age is not our age. And I Mm -hmm. want to know, um, are you comfortable talking about your age? hundred percent. Yeah. I I have no, I'm 45. Okay. Awesome. See, I, I never understood women that don't want people to know how old they are. Neither did I. I didn't get that at all. Or why? Like, why would you do that? Yeah. I'm not going to pretend to be a different age. I I earned every year and I actually think I'm better every year. I like myself better every year. I agree. I'm with (laughs) you. I like, I, they don't understand it. So why would you pretend? Why? why We have one area we're really kicking ass in. Um, (laughs) Here, I want you to do this. I'm going to have you rate between one and 10. One is like, I'm a monster to myself. 10 is I'm pretty amazing and kind to myself about where you are currently in each category. Where are you with your body right now? Um, I feel like I'm probably a nine or a 10. I feel like I'm pretty kind to myself. Uh, I'm, although with COVID and the change in routine, I don't get to do the things that I like to do for myself as much. Uh, meaning for me, working out is, and working out really hard with weights has been something, it's like not even about the workout. It's about um, a stress reliever and anxiety reliever. And it makes me feel good. I'm a kinesthetic person in many ways. Um, So obviously, you know, I'm not going to Barry's boot camp five days a week anymore. But I do get some workouts and I just started uh, having access to in in person, one-to-one Pilates with the local uh, do you feel better about your body when you get to exercise it? I just feel better in general as a yeah. person. So that's like my self-care. Um, yes. and, but with that being said, I actually am in better shape physically now and healthier than I have been ever, I think. You know, or like in the past few years, I would say that's been true. Um, because I just didn't look at the, I just don't look at the scale. I don't diet. I'm not thinking about that I eat what I want you know like so we're gonna get into that and I'm really interested to hear what shifted um tell me about your self-worth what number would you give yourself at this point (sighs) well that's a complex one I mean I think that you know knowing one's worth is really hard especially as women because I I personally feel like I'm probably pretty I'm much more critical self-critical than I need to be. Yeah. And tell me a few areas that you're too critical about yourself. Well, I always feel like there's more that I should be doing, you know, bringing this up, especially during the pandemic. Oh my God. So I I feel like me and you are in the same place of like, we can get a lot of shit done. And then now you've got a pandemic and I can't get as much shit done. It's really challenging, especially in that first, like, section so we left for spring break in March we left our city apartment and then never went back like I went back and packed and stuff but the kids never went back 
And while they were doing Zooms, my husband's life is relatively unchanged. He went into the office every day. <laughs> like, you know, a lot of people in his office were working remote. It's his company. So like his, he would go in. So his life is unchanged. But here I am with two children. One has, um, you know, would have like between seven to 10 therapeutic Zooms a day. The other one was in a Mandarin immersion program. And I don't speak Mandarin, so that was. But she actually would just shoo me out of the room and want to chat with her friends during her two. <laughs> But then I realized that the children needed structure. So I created a whole home curriculum. I'm sure you understand exactly what I'm saying. I had like morning meeting. I had yep. the kids jobs. We had like weather watcher letter of the week. <laughs> we did haiku study. It's a deep dive. <sighs> there was like a fort building curriculum. I mean, it was insane. And then um, that carried through September when school was supposed to start, which started like there were fits and spurts. Last week was actually the first week that both of my children were simultaneously in school, like since last year. So it was kind of, I was so excited. So the self-critical like, is about more to be done, right? I need, to, I need to do more, being too critical of self. So one of the areas you do is that you need to be doing more. What other areas are you, are you kind of hard on yourself? You know, sometimes I feel like it's, I wish that I was more, uh, that I would slow down a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I'm missing the things that are happening that are right in front of me because I'm too busy doing as well. Like, so that's kind of a weird thing because I feel like I should be doing more and also should be able to kind of like slow down. Yes, because you really want two of yourself. So you feel yeah. like you need to be doing more and then you feel like you need to be sit, being in the moment more. and. With those two self-critical thoughts, we can never match up. We can never be enough. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not true. possible. I know. And especially <laughs> with, a, with like, um, I have a child with severe needs. And then I also have a really high energy, like firecracker neurotypical child. And they both need me. Um, and I feel like there's also a lot of, in so far as being self-critical, about like, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not spending enough time doing this with this child because I'm like sitting on the potty with this kid for like an hour every day. So like, let's, just, let's just approach this for a second. Mom yeah. guilt is real. It is. It's very real. And every woman I've spoken to who has children that are out of the house now tell me that it's a waste of my energy and time because mm -hmm. it actually does zero things for anybody. And 100%. so that's something I'm really, really working hard on is to stop judging myself so much as a mother. Mm -hmm. That's so a tricky that, one. Yes, it is. We're on, we're on the path. I want to know, and I'm guessing that this one's, so what would your number be for your self-worth right now? Oh God, I would say five Okay. Two, you know, depending on the activity or the day, five to seven. Right? Okay. I'll give you a five to seven. And then what about, I'm guessing this one's going to be pretty good. What about the ability to use your voice? Um, I feel like in a lot of situations, I would give myself a nine or a 10. I'm a really fierce advocate for my children. I don't know that I'm a fierce advocate for myself all the time. That's what I wanted to ask. So, so nine to 10 yes. for kids or maybe 10 for kids. And what yes. about for yourself? Well, I think that number is rising, but okay. it's definitely like four or five right now, but we're on the way up. So I'm it's, it's so something that I've been working on. You brought on. this up, but you, you, you're helping me splinter this section because I have no problem speaking up for my children. I mean, like, watch out, mama right. bear's here, right? But yep. when it's for myself, right? 100%. So that is something that I think we really want to focus that on. Um, at, I'm going to shift directions. 
as a little girl, sure. who were the main women that you saw in your life? You had your mother, who else was around a lot? Um, I would say mainly I saw my mother um, and my aunt, my aunt Michelle, my aunt Cindy, um, my parents, friends, but really the, the primary person, the primary woman was my mom. Okay, tell me what you remember about what she exuded, said, didn't say about what women need to be like or beauty or like what it was, what it meant to be a woman. What did you learn? What did you walk away with from her? Bad and good. You know, it's interesting. So she, like, it was this, there was no sugar allowed in the house. I mean, to this day, like, it, and it was a kind of an unspoken rule, but she would like bake things that didn't have sugar in them. And then when I started baking, she'd be like, why are your brownies so much better? I'm like, because I used all the ingredients. <laughs> Did she ever explain why she didn't want sugar? I'm not really sure. She didn't. She was like, they kind she was, um, I don't know. I think that it could have been a dietary, like it could have been a, a restrictive diet thing. Um, I never asked for that, but that's a good, you've raised a good- Did you ever notice yourself when you were at like a birthday party or at friends' houses that you would go towards the sugar because you didn't get it at home? Oh my God, yeah. So when we, I remember going to visit with my grandparents in Maine after, like I was in Maine for summer camp. And then after our summer camp one year, I spent like some time with my grandparents in, in uh, on their boat. And they had like this big boat or whatever. But my grandmother bought yodels because it's like, that was like a weakness of mine. And I think I ate the whole box in one night. Like this is like not something I would get at home. And like, I remember even in summer camp with the care packages, like, coveting like the sweets and what have you and because those were just things items that we just didn't like have readily provided and it wasn't necessarily a directly addressed but it was absolutely the case did your um, mom ever talk about her body her weight her look she didn't that I can remember I don't remember her telling you that she did love to shop and she liked clothing and and I think as she got older she, uh, not like older, older, but as, or maybe it was just my awareness as I got older, that's also entirely possible. Like she, you know, she got her hair and she like more fashionable. She would like choose different um, clothing pieces. She introduced me to Betsy Johnson. It was her favorite designer in like the eighties and eighties, early nineties and that kind of stuff. But like um, just to the clothing brand, not to the actual person. Yeah. Who had <laughs> but um, <laughs> with that being said, I don't remember explicit conversations about my body. I know that that was not the experience that was that was um, that my my sibling had. However, I um, and I don't really Do you remember, remember your sibling being talked to about her body and that you were like near it. I remember my my sister, uh, and I don't want to uh, tell someone else's story, but I remember her definitely going on a diet. Now I think that that might have been partially asked I think that might have been asked for by my sister but like mm -hmm. at the same time the following actions as a grown-up looking back I'm like why the hell would you do that as a parent even if your kid asked for it like if they asked to like jump off a bridge right they, well, can you help me right it's like you're just like no <laughs> right so you don't remember going around at what age do you remember being aware of your body I was probably like 10 11 I don't really rem and then like definitely from then on, 
there's a heightened awareness. And um, I think in the survey I answered that I didn't compare myself to other women. However, I think at during those teenage years and like everyone's, I was like, not a very fast developer. I'm not like, I, I don't have very big breasts. Like it's like all those things that you, like as people are maturing, like that, Did you get made fun of for having no boobs? Cause I got made fun of for being mm, fat. No, I don't, not to my face. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, but it was something I was aware of. And in hindsight, I'm actually just fine with that. Right. <laughs> but, um, but was there any part of your looks that you did not like while you're growing up? I think as a teenager, I really didn't feel pretty. Like I just didn't feel like attractive, um, attractive or like, you know, I felt like a mess kind of all the time. And it's funny, I was talking to a friend, a dear friend of mine from college. And even in college, I, I think I felt this way. I definitely felt this way. Um, and she was like, oh, you always look glamorous. You always lipstick on. And I went to a very hippie, like liberal arts college. And that's there the No, I went to college. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and so uh, she that's so interesting because she remembers you being this beautiful, glamorous, and you okay. are just saying you felt like a mess. I felt like a mess. I felt like a what hot do you, mess. Do you meet like what does that mean, a mess? I well, I definitely was living the calzone like alcohol diet, which does not do nice things to your body in or life in general. So you were aware of your body then. You were not liking it then. Yes, definitely. And I mean, once I stopped eating like a ton of pizza, not like consciously, it just might like I had to like buckle down and actually study and do things like that. And like right. after freshman year, like in sophomore year, like my priority shifted a little bit and the way and so did my friends as well. Like, you know, we kind of there are my friends' priorities as well. So like we were all kind of some of us were moving in tandem, some of us were not moving in tandem. But um but I definitely, and like, I gained like a freshman 20 or something like that. And, um, it was surprising. I never had, I never stepped on a scale, but I remember going to my doctor's appointment and she'd be like, you might be more comfortable 10 pounds lighter. And I was like, what? Was that the first time you were like aware of your body weight? Because, but for me, I was, I mean, you read in my book, I was nine when I started my eating disorder and I had a, a physical active eating disorder until I was 21 and then a mental one right so when you when your doctor said that how did that was there an issue yeah I well I was surprised um I felt like kind of insulted but actually it wasn't untrue like it really wasn't taking care of my body at all um and I definitely flirted with eating disorders in college I didn't have a like it wasn't a consistent thing but there were times of binging and purging um and mostly it was about I guess like it just was like it felt like a release weirdly which is such a gross thing to say in some ways but like it there I wasn't taking care I don't of think it's gross I think it's important to talk about I mean out of the 150 women that wrote you know on the questionnaire 30 percent of them admitted to having some sort of an eating disorder at some point in their life and for me, I wanted to never feel full. I wanted to, I didn't, I hated the feeling of feeling full. I wanted to get everything out. And obviously like, duh, is about control because there were so many areas of my life that were out of control. So that felt like the one area that I could control. And that's usually what an eating disorder is about, generally speaking, right? It isn't necessarily, and that's why it's also so difficult to treat because it's not about the food. 
like the food is a vehicle for something else. Yes. It, it's the disordered eating typically is about control or especially if there are other elements of your life that you can't control. And truthfully, we can't control a lot right. of things. Like that's underneath it all for me, mm-hmm. the truth is, has been, it's about worth. It's about, yeah. do I think I'm enough as is? Do I think whether it's your five-year-old, do I think my belly, the way it looks, do I think, you know, whether I get my shit done or not, do I think I'm enough? Am I enough? And yes. for me, that's what's going to be the biggest foundation that's holding up us is our worth. Mm-hmm. Because when we know who we are and what we are and what we're worth, then the body stuff, no matter how challenging it is, we can walk through because we bring, bring ourselves back to you're enough, regardless of what you look like, regardless of what that number says. And we need to find a way to feel strong and healthy rather than skinny or fat. Right. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. I think that if you feel valued, if you value yourself, if you feel yes. that sense of self-worth, like really feel it and know it, not just like saying it to your, you know, like, but if you believe really it, feel worthy, yes. it, you know that what you're doing is enough and you're doing the best that you can do. And that's enough, whatever that best is, which isn't always the best. Right. And enough. not to get into your business, but for my own business. Mm-hmm. So the worth, I think, is actually the centerpiece of all of it, of must love self. Because if I have self-worth and I love myself and I think that I am worthy of being treated a certain way in relationships, of being treated a certain way by my family or friends or society, then I will use my voice. But I will not use my voice for myself. It, we, we both see our children as the highest of worth which is why we're willing to advocate for themselves. When we are not willing to speak up for our own selves, it's because we don't remember that we are worthy of being treated a certain way in relationships, right? Yes. And that is actually a huge thing for women is getting to a place for me where, I mean, I feel like there was just like this training that we were on. So you're in school and for my school, it was, you have to be a size zero or else you're fat. It was nine up to an O basically. And then you go to college and then if you, um, you need to meet somebody and you need to find the person to get married to. And then you need to have like certain attributes. Then you need to have babies. And there was just this whole plan that was just laid out for us. And when I wasn't fulfilling it at the time frame that my family thought I should be fulfilling it, they were bothering me about it. And I didn't know what to look for because I didn't even know who I was. Right. 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 Like, so we, how do you, who your person is, if you don't know who you're, who you are. Exactly. I love that so much. So I want to jump ahead to where you are today and how you mentioned before that a couple of years ago, there was like a shift for you yeah. in terms of body stuff. So um, I had spent, so my, I have a, a six year age gap between my two children and I had spent a lot of the first six years really um, it was focused completely on advocacy. And I finally was, had gotten my daughter into the right place. It was the first, like, it was like such a sense of relief to know that like we had a diagnosis, we had the right, like she was getting the right treatment. She was getting the right, so it was such a relief. Not that anything's ever perfect, but like that felt great. And then I, you know, I had another child and I, but since my other child was in school and being cared for, like there was a weight kind of lifted and I had some, a little time actually for the first time in a very long time. And I could just kind of, I had, 
you know, it wasn't that much time, but there was enough time that I could dedicate to doing what made me feel um, less anxious, more, um, you know, like a happier, more well-rounded person. Like, and for me, that movement, like finding the right work, I tried like a bunch of different things. I've always been a runner, but like, uh, although my knees suck, so that doesn't happen as much anymore. Yeah. Um, but I started, I found a community, um, like Barry's boot camp, which was this gym and it's all over the place, but I would go like five days a week. And it really, it made me feel so good that I didn't, I just kind of, that was part of the shift is like finding something that helped me like process things mentally. Cause I didn't have to think, but it made me feel really good. I also think I just stopped caring as much about what other people thought. And it's such a big deal. I mean, I, I have to tell you this, I think it's our age. I think that it's our age. And I was told that it's going to get even better because I think that I have this sign up in my house um, and my kids know it. And basically it's, I'm going to get it wrong, but it's like, behold the fields in which I grow my fucks and see that it's barren. Right. And I love that. And one of my kids was telling me something yesterday about one, one of the other mothers who, whatever. And I was like, ask me how many fucks I give. And yeah, he's like, like zero. And I'm like, exactly. Because <laughs> when I used to care so much about what you thought or what she thought, I was consumed with trying to make it a certain way, but no one's ever happy ever. No, you can't please everyone. And you certainly end up losing in that yeah. equation every single time, because there's no possible way to do that. You can't please everybody. You like, you're certainly like, you're jumping through hoops. You're trying to get, you know, make everyone happy and comfortable and what have you. And it doesn't really work out that way. I think part of the shift also was kind of a gradual shift. Like I had a friend, for example, who it was, would be like perpetually late. She's a dear friend and I love her, but she's a little flaky with time sometimes. And then I just had this like epiphany when I had been waiting for an hour on a corner and I was like, okay, I am no longer going to make set plans with her because I want to be friends with her. But we, if there's any spur of the moment that like enables us to get to get together, I'm going to embrace that possibility. But that way I don't have to be pissed off at her anymore. And I also don't have to have See, that. I love that. So what you did was you found out the truth about somebody and you don't want them to not be in your life because you love them because you want to love them as they are. So that yes. means you're going to tailor your life in a way that you don't have to be angry at them for yeah. being who they are. So you don't make plans. Right. I love it. And by the like, way, I would never wait for an hour on a street corner for anybody. Like, so you're but, amazing. I know, but I was so, <laughs> that was the last time I ever would do that too. I was like, okay. I'm like, I'm never making plans with this person. I just didn't even like, I didn't even have a conversation about it. I was like, I'm just going to know that, you know, if the universe works, right. you know, but together, that's about owning your work and setting your boundaries for yourself. You don't have to be mean yeah. to anybody. It's just a different hour. Exactly. Exactly. Um, That's why I played ever. <laughs> and did you ever, do you still weigh yourself? I do occasionally, but like, cause mostly because my husband got this, our youngest had, or sorry, our oldest had feeding issues when she was younger, which was since resolved, like she had undiagnosed as reflux and tongue tap, like all these different things. Now this child is like, I mean, she'd be very happy in Italy, like prosciutto and all of <laughs> you know, dried fruits, what have you. It's like, she's actually a very healthy eater by her own design. Like, I think some of it's sensory oriented because she doesn't like the way like certain things feel like really crunchy, like mm-hmm. they're not her jam. <laughs> um, but he got this like big doctor skill, which I was seriously not excited about. I just showed up with it. Mm-hmm. And it's in our bathroom. So every so often I hop on there. 
but nothing's changed. I think I've lost some muscle mass is my guess, but I run around after two kids and I'm cleaning the house by myself and like, you know, yeah. I'm pretty active. So. See, I had to throw my scale out because it's never made me happy, but everyone's totally different with it. But I, I think it's because I have a lot of baggage around that number. Well, children on that scale. Like I saw like, there's a, like a height thing. Yeah. So it's like I, a real doctor one. Yeah. Like it's a, like a doctor scale. And <laughs> um, yeah, he went like full, full Monty, like the full thing. Like he got the, the real deal. But so, but I, every once in a while, I'll notice that there's, the weight of my youngest daughter on there and i'm like why the fuck would he he's that's right no we're, we're explicit here. But, yeah. but like why would you put a child on the scale they only need to be weighed at doctor's appointments or unless there's something really wrong like if there's like they have a medical I condition i love that concept children should not be so i got rid of my scale but my kids were jumping on it all the time and i'm like it's who cares why do you need the number yeah. i got rid of it. it means nothing they're growing like it's like they're supposed to gain weight and get bigger. If you're not gaining weight, you'd be concerned if they weren't, right? Yes, exactly. So, like, if your if your child was like, if you were concerned about weight gain, if there were feeding issues or something like that, like, I understand. I mean, for example, I remember when my oldest was really young, like, I was measuring like the, I was breastfeeding and formula feeding and like measuring, and then she like vomit. So, like, measuring the milliliter, like keeping track yeah. of everything, totally different thing. But I don't think that there's any reason for, um, you know, a typically developing child to ever be on a scale unless so they're- I have a question. What shifted in your head? You were talking about your friend and not waiting on the corner anymore. What shifted in your head to be kinder to yourself about body stuff a couple of years ago? You know, Was it when you were taking better care of yourself? I, I think that some of it was selfish um, and I allowed myself to have- to be a little bit selfish in that sense. Like it made me feel better to work out. And I had so I much- I want to stop you. I don't want us to talk about this being selfish anymore. Taking You're right. Taking care of That's ourselves a, is not selfish. That's self-care. Definitely an important point. I think that that's actually at the root of a lot of this is that women, or at least I, I don't- yeah, No, no, a hundred percent. I'm a bad person that I'm going to go and take an hour to exercise. Exactly. Right. Or I'm going to take away, right. I'm going to take away from my kids. No, this mom is going to be so much nicer if I get to exercise. Percent. And so, right. but the thing is, is that like, I think that, that you're right. That we need to have like a, a paradigm shift. Um, it's, uh, it's our vocabulary. It's not selfish. It's not selfish, but it's still like, I'm still even saying it. Like I felt like I could take that selfish time, but it right. wasn't, my husband would have no problem doing that. He would just right. go do it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but and. I, the role model you are to your children as you grow up is mom needs to take care of herself and this mm -hmm. is what it looks like. Right, exactly. Like, and I've said to them, like, I, there's, it was been pretty crazy in my house and I haven't been able to like sit down and eat a proper, like I could, I wake up early and I always was in the city as well when they were in school. I set up the coffee pot the night before. I'm up early, I don't set an alarm, I don't need to. And I have like coffee alone and breakfast. Your myself. quiet time read the New York times. Yeah. But if I'm with the children, I don't always, I don't really get to sit. There's no sitting for me. I know my husband will be sitting. My kids will be sitting. Yeah. I'm fetching, yeah. clean, getting stuff, cleaning stuff, whatever. But, you know, I've tried to make a really conscious effort, especially um, in the past few months. And just like, I am sitting down and eating because mommy, I was like, did you eat? Oh, you did great. Also, mommy needs to eat dinner too. Yes. Yes. So, 
I'm going to sit down and eat dinner. If you want to sit with me, you're more than welcome to. If you want to play, that's also fine. Yes. <laughs> but I need to sit and down. And that's you using your voice because you know your words. Yes, but also you know that they're soaking it all in. And like, to have to, that's something that I've also been thinking about a lot recently. Like, if my children are seeing me prioritize myself last all the time, then what message does that send to them about how they should prioritize themselves? Yes, it tells them that everyone comes before you and that when you get married, you should never sit down. You should never take care of yourself. If you leave, God forbid, for an hour to do Pilates, then you're selfish. Right, exactly. It basically, you know, so I've been thinking about the message that sends and, you know, what do, how do I want my children to live their lives? I love this so much. What message am I sending? By my living, right? So um, we're going to, you're going to tell me your quote. Do you have your quote or do you want me to read your Joan Didion quote? Yes, I do have my quote. And then we're going to do a lightning round. Woo, okay, I'm ready. So do you want me to read the quote? Yeah. And I love Joan Didion in general. I think that her both fiction and her nonfiction work is super awesome. Okay, so the willingness to accept responsibility for one's one's own life is the source from which self-respect springs. And I think that that's really important. You need to kind of claim responsibility for everything in your life that you can, and then just like, and know it and own it. And then whatever that truth is for yourself, like that fuels your self-worth. If you can accept yourself, you can feel worthy. Yes. Because when you own that responsibility, when, when my happiness or misery is no one else's fault, but my own, then I can start respecting myself for making different decisions that will feed that. Right. Because you can't, but you don't acknowledge. Yes. Say it again. You can't do what? You can't change, but you don't acknowledge. If you don't know it, if you can't see it, if you can't say it, if you don't really know it, how the hell are you supposed to identify it and change it? Right. So me and you just got a nugget from each other from going forward. Every time we think, we believe the lie that it's selfish to take care of ourselves, we're going to stop ourselves and go, no, this is what it looks like to love myself. I love that. Thank you. Thank because you. It's, even when we were talking and I said selfish and that was a wonderful moment where it was kind of this like epiphany, this little. Yeah, there's a little, it's so simple and so little, but it makes a huge difference. And it's so important. You ready for lightning round? I'm ready. Okay. If you could go back to your 15 or 16 year old self, or you could say your maybe um, college self, what would you say if you had an afternoon to sit and talk with her? Is there anything you wish you would have known? I would tell myself to focus more on my academics and stop being so concerned about what other people think and socializing because there's, you can do both, just find a balance. Yes. I would say, um, don't smoke. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would also probably tell myself that I like, feel like I love you and like hug myself and like, and tell myself that I, uh, I'm enough and I'm gonna be fine. I'm gonna make it because I always felt kind of directionless. I love that. Thank you so much. Um, in terms of your body, what judgment would you like to let go of? Um, at this point in my life, I feel like I have let go of those judgments and mostly like I feel like I have. I mean, I I feel really comfortable in my skin in a way that I never did before. And um, and that's been true for several years and I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I know some of the elements as we discussed earlier, but I'm not really sure exactly why that is. I just feel really strong. 
That's huge. That's huge. What would your 80 year old self say to you now? My 80 year old self? Probably. <laughs> You're so young. You should enjoy it. Don't feel so old all the time. Right. I like how she's, she's just got an accent. Like she's like, fuck this. I'm going to just go for my oh, whole ass. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> what is beauty to you or a beautiful woman? What does that mean to be beautiful? I think that um, beauty radiates from the inside. I think that happiness shows like when you're really, when somebody is really happy and centered, or even if they're unhappy, but they're just a good heart, it just glows through them. I think when someone's caring for themselves, it has nothing to do with size. I'm talking about just like, you know, they look comfortable in their body. They look happy with their, like, they look confident and they feel confident. That just shows through and that's beautiful. Like, because they own it and they're, yep. they don't, you don't see them being uncomfortable. Exactly. If they have a sense of ease about themselves and yeah. they just seem like comfortable in their own skin. That is that's what it is. That's what it is. What does it mean to be a strong woman? It means a lot of things. It, for, it could, for me personally, it definitely means being able to advocate and use my voice, which I do as you do for your children. I've been definitely working on that for myself as well, because that's, that's a work in progress. However, it is so important to be able to use your voice. We have one. <laughs> we need to use it. We need to advocate for ourselves as well. Um, being strong woman also means being able to take a step back and understand what's going to take a, like, a removed look from you know all the chaos from the minutia and try to see the bigger picture so that you can make real changes and affect positive movement forward. I love it. Um, what do you want other people to say about you when you're not in the room? I actually never really thought about that. Uh, I guess I would hope that they either really don't have very much to say that's negative, um, that I'm a, a kind, generous soul or like maybe them smart <laughs> <laughs> i love that all right last two if you find out that december 31st 2021 was your last day on earth what would you do this year oh god i mean i would definitely spend time with my kids and my family and try to get as many friends in the room as possible and just be with my people yeah. doing what it wouldn't we wouldn't have to do anything like you special know, just easy. connection connection just being with my peeps yes last words you get one piece of advice for every woman to hear what is it don't take any shit <laughs> i love it it's simple but it's true i like simple and true thank you so much for your honesty and your courage and your energy and all the women you're sending my way because i need them and i love them and you've got a soul sister in me i'm so grateful for your time Oh, thank you so much for having me, Carly. I deeply appreciate it. And thank you for doing this. It's so important. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you are willing to rate, review, and share with your people, it makes such a difference for others to find it. And if you wanted to check out my memoir, Seconds and Inches, it's available on Amazon as an audiobook with me narrating, a paperback, and digital. I promise you, you will love it. Have an awesome day. And one more thing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with you.